further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, let's chat about something that's very much on my mind today. Perfect. (laughs) So so nothing new. (laughs) Hey, we've been thinking about this. Let's do a podcast about it. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, what are you saying? Nothing new. Like I haven't had a new and original thought for a long time. Wow. That is not the way I was meaning that. <laughs> wow. Well, leave it to me to take it the yeah. wrong way, right? Get some offense. We'll yeah. have to deal with a forgiveness tool. No, we referenced this in I our most recent podcast, the one that was like, need to know, update. What do we call it? Mm, we had a need to know, and we had kind of like a breaking news. It was breaking news. Okay. So as we talked about me moving, which is challenging and fun and exciting, and there's always letting go. Yep. And of course, I am sorting through my house Mm. because we need to pack and hopefully move to a new house, which we haven't found yet. But right, God provides. We do this step of faith. You get out of the boat. You walk on the water. I think about that a lot too, but I will not digress. Mm -hmm. And so when we moved into this house that we're in, we built it ourselves moved in with three little kids and kind of had to move out of the other house before this one was finished. So it was like a very chaotic swirl. So we basically opened the unfinished basement and threw everything into it from the other house and worked on finishing this house so we could shower and go to the bathroom and things like that, right? And over the years, sorted here and there. But when the kids went to school, then I went back to work and I took a degree and I didn't leave myself a lot of time for housework and Mm. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I do care, but it's not life-giving joy-bringing to me. So the part in the basement I can't see, rarely get tended to. So a lot to go through down there. Strangely, the empty nest also hits as I Mm, sort through these things. The kids' memorabilia. I I found a box of papers I wrote the first time I was in college the other day. And they were good papers, so I know why I kept them. But then I I also... I was like, why did you keep them? Some of them were good. And then I had like lesson plans that I just loved and slaved over and collections of ideas for bulletin boards. Like I was going to be a teacher, right? Yeah. But I didn't teach high school very long before I went and taught college level mm-hmm. and homeschooled and taught ESL. But I never, never really went back. But it's stored on a shelf in a nice tidy box. But it's time to go now. Mm-hmm. I felt sorrow, Amy. Mm. Like disappointment. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like seriously. And as I'm sorting through everything, I realize there's so many things that have a purpose for a season. Mm. And that's actually, their purpose is to serve us in a season. Yeah. But there's something weird that I want to hang on to. Mm. And so I've been really curious about this verse we referenced in that that breaking news one. The one from Romans 8. um, It's kind of 15 to 17 in the message. And it says, this resurrection life you received from God is not a timid grave tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through good times with him. Hmm. And so this verse keeps rising up in me, this grave-tending life. Okay, 
we've read this verse before. Yes. I've thought about it, been like, somehow... Yes. In my mind. Yes. I like, you know, I got the like timid grave ten, like the, in my head it was like, oh, the boring, like timid, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, what's next? Like, and went immediately to the expectant. Right. But all of a sudden I was like, grave tending. Mm-hmm. That jumped out at me at this time. Like, grave okay. tending. I've never, somehow I, I love never, how you and I are like completely focused on, I'm like totally grave tending. And you're like, no, boring. Yeah, right. <laughs> but all of a sudden I was like, oh. It changed for me. It wasn't so like, hey, we're not called to a boring life, but uh, uh, leaning into the risk life. But yeah. like grave tending implies that there's something that we've lost yeah. or is done or is dead. Yeah. And it's saying we're not meant to stay there. Yeah. I don't know how I'm Oh, you're that. hilarious. Like, the number like of brand times. new, like, wow. Okay, so this is like this not is so staying classic. stuck in a season that's done. Done. Like, I don't know how. Okay, uh, Amy. Whoosh. Until, like, as I was looking at it for this podcast, I was like, oh, this means something different than I thought. I adore you. I actually, it came up on my social media the other day that I had made a meme of this exactly one year ago or two years ago, but whatever, it was on this day. You know how you'd have the memory thing? I'm like, I know there've been different times when that adventurously expectant, what's next, Papa, was so big for me. But right now, it Mm -hmm. is the grave tending. Something that was alive and vibrant and wonderful Mm -hmm. and full and rich. And it's done. Yeah. And I'm not supposed to linger over that clinging to what was, like planting the grass. I'm picturing myself. I'm so visual, right? Planting the flowers, making making a little shrine out of it. Yeah. Brushing the leaves off every time. Yeah. Nor are we to just dismiss the fact that there was a loss. Mm, so mm-hmm. here we go again with nuance and tension. Yeah. Darn it. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about that, Amy. You can coach me through this. Okay. <laughs> well, that wasn't adventurously expected in your tone. That was a, okay. Yeah. Grave tending. Like, the kids' stuff. Mm. It's so easy, I think, for all parents that I've walked closely with to remember when, in a way that we long for it to be that way again. Mm-hmm. The and little babies, the toys. And what what do you think makes us long for what was? It's fascinating because I've really been thinking about it. Like mm-hmm. if we're just going to use the kid analogy and maybe yeah, it will translate to some good, other stuff, right? Because I had right? very similar as I moved okay. out of my house. Okay. Like, right the baby gate or yep. like the little kids or even yep. just like, oh, this was the corner of the carpet that my daughter puked all over. Like just the, <laughs> somehow the memories of them as little in the house yeah. was Yeah. And I mean, surprising. every mom will say it was manageable. I could put them in the playpen and now they're out in the world and I don't yep. even know precisely where they are today or what they're doing with themselves or they've done things that I would have preferred not to. You'll laugh at me because you yep. have tattoos and love tattoos and I have yep. no problem with people being tattooed. But when my children got tattoos, I cried. And I was yep. like, what is wrong with me? I'm seriously like, what is wrong yep. with me? Because I have zero moral issue with tattoos. I have none because, you know, no bumper stickers on a Lamborghini. But yep. my, uh, I have no, I love, I love talking to people. It's a great door opener to talk with people about their tattoos. But when my kids got tattoos, I cried. And I was like, what the heck is even wrong with me? Like some of them are even nice. Mm-hmm. But all I could think about was how I lotioned their little baby bodies and nurtured that skin and sniffed that skin mm. and took such good care of it. Now it has like black ink on it till they die. <laughs> <laughs> so we look back to what was and there were good things about it. Oh, yeah. 
I'm finding so many pictures, and seriously, my kids were the cutest. I know yours were too, but mm-hmm. so cute. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes also, like, the looking back, because it's already happened, it's known to us. You're so good at catching right? on to that nuance. Like It's already known. It's, it's already manageable known. and controlled. It's managed and controlled. We know how it went, and we know mm-hmm. all the factors involved. I mean, it's already happened. So I wonder if like our kind of like emotions in our brains trick us being like, oh, we just want to stay here because everything's known and there's no risk here. Well, and I know I succeeded-ish. Ish, right? <laughs> right, but I didn't die and neither did they. Yep. Whereas the looking forward has a lot of like oh, that's unknowns such a because point. we don't know. That's we just don't know, and we've point. not been there yet. Yeah, that's such a good point. Mm. Oh, man, that's such a good point. And I mean, for sure, even things that I thought five years ago about when my kids grow up isn't what's happening right now because of COVID. Like, it's seriously mm-hmm. just the ages they were disrupted. Yeah. Those immediate out-of-high-school plans. And I'm grieving those things, too. I'm like, seriously, this is a couple of years now. We need to stop already. And so keeping in mind... This thought I've had that every single thing I have down there in the basement had a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Writing those papers when I was in college had a purpose. I just felt such a sense of wastage. Like, what is the point? All this money and time I spent. And then I was like, dummy, you wrote a book. Like, (laughs) it actually contributed to my learning Mm -hmm. and shaped who I am. And, you know, I found some cool comments from one of my, my most significant writing professor. Dolores, if you're listening. And it's like all of those things served a purpose for the time. And so it is with my children, too. Mm-hmm. And it shaped them into people that I find adorable and delightful. I worry about them still. I, I've heard that even mm-hmm. my parents are worrying about me at 52 because yeah. I don't, haven't figured out where I'm going to live. <sighs> and wh- how exactly am I going to do X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, I don't know, okay? I actually don't know. Which brings us back to your, <laughs> we like to control and know things. And not even like in a control freak way. you got to make a plan. Mm-hmm. And as you say, when we look back over our shoulder, we survived it whether we had a plan at the time yeah. or not. It's known. Yeah. That's such a good point. Right? And it's an easy place to stay and tend and hang out yeah. there. And So maybe strategy one that I want to point out is that everything that was has served a purpose that is future. Mm-hmm. And so you and I are letting go of some things in this season. We don't know what our ministry partnership is yeah. going to look like in the future, but everything we've done together has shaped and molded something it has sown Mm -hmm. seeds and it still is going to bear fruit in the future yeah we don't know what it's going to look like Mm -hmm. could we get some dates on the calendar yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah right and i and there's a tension though because we can't i think sometimes we can swing to the Mm -hmm. to the other side and be like i'm not going to be sad not going to be sad not going to look at anything what's in the past is in the past and it's in the future like there has to be a balance between like living there and tending it yeah but also say letting go healthily and properly yeah so what are we going to refer to amy if anyone who's been our listeners maybe are like yelling i know i know Healthy Lament. The Healthy Lament episode. We should just have it bookmarked somehow. (laughs) But if you put in Healthy Lament, you will find it. And it's not a formula for grieving, but it is a, it's like a trellis Mm -hmm. to walk you through so you don't get stuck somewhere. And so, yeah, the grieving part is important. God does, God doesn't just ignore grief. No. At all. He weeps. He says in Jeremiah, I hurt with the hurt of my people. You know, Jesus wept when Lazarus died, and I don't think it was just because he thought people were stupid, not knowing he was going to raise somebody from the dead, because he had never done it before, and nobody mm-hmm. had ever seen it, right? Like, he wasn't disrespectful or dismissive. Yeah. It's a big deal for me is um, 
throughout my life is Joshua and the altars, right? Mm. And he told, it was an instruction from God, build an altar here so you'll remember what God has done. Mm. But when you think about the, all those moments were also a crisis point. Yeah. And then God came through. So it's the, the altar of remembrance also points to what was difficult. We don't just go into denial or ignore it. No. And then we say, and this is what God has done. So, mm. I mean, really. And I think that's an important aspect, right? Is like, as we take the time to look back on what was or seasons is, yeah, acknowledge the grieving part and the letting go, but also the significance like, okay, how did God, sh- where was God? How did he show up in that moment? And like celebrating his presence, I think is also a significant thing too. Yeah. I had a quiver of a thought. I know there's research out there. This is not just Michelle's bro science, but it was studies around PTSD and soldiers mm-hmm. and how we have so much terrible PTSD. Yeah. With military people now, and we're like, and they're the science was observing, or the whatever the um, research was looking at how it didn't seem to be there was as much PTSD after World War II, and they were like, why not? Why not? And the theory they came up with was that coming home from World War II was a long process. Mm-hmm. They were taken from one country to another country. They walked many miles. They sailed on a boat for two weeks with other soldiers where they debriefed what they had been through. Mm. And so there was this process of observing, yeah. recognizing, remembering shared experiences so that by the time they get home, I, I do understand that that generation also carried terrible scars of war that disrupted families, but it wasn't what we're seeing now. Mm. So even as I'm packing up my house, what I wanted with a bit of a tantrum was that someone else would come and pack it. You know how mm-hmm. movers come yeah. and just pack everything and yeah. truck everything and unpack it and you don't have to process it? That's what I wanted because yeah. I do not enjoy this at all. Also, just because I don't enjoy tedious physical tasks. That's yeah. not an energizer for me. And then I started to think, oh, this is the process. This is actually a really valuable process that I would rather avoid mm. to do like what you said, just avoid the discomfort. But God is working in the process. So Mm -hmm. definitely validating processing. The other thing that made me laugh, I've I've just had so many thoughts about this, nothing but hours, Amy, while I purge and pack, purge and pack. In Luke 9, it talks about the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm. (laughs) And, you know, the the three, was it Peter, James, and John were there with Jesus, and they have this, like, transfigurations, Jesus um, with Moses and Elijah, and they're just, like, glowing. And it's this amazing moment, and I, I always take from that that they were there to comfort and minister and strengthen yeah. Jesus before he goes to the cross. But don't you just love what Peter says? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? It's just like Peter just gets so, like, jazzed and excited and, like, Wah! he's like, let's just, like, build shelters here and build a monument and stay here forever. It says, because Peter didn't know what to say. It says in a lot of translations, I'm like, this is me blurting things out to try to make people comfortable, but it didn't help. Could you just imagine there's like this thing and Peter's like, um, uh, uh, do you guys like a shelter? Should we, do you guys, are you getting cold? Should yeah, we make yeah. like a little something for you here and just like hang out? Oh man. I just think he wanted to stay in that glorious moment too. And it's so funny. So here we go. Mm. As I'm packing and sorting, I came through all these materials that you and I, what was the first ladies retreat we did for Airdrie mm. Alliance Church. And all of a sudden, I was just awash in memories. And mm. part of it is the good friend that invited me to come and do that one. She's passed away. Yeah. So genuine, like, massive loss there. And then I was just having all this, like, I just want to do that with Amy again. And this mm. is when I thought of Peter with his, I yeah. mean, it was just such a beautiful weekend. God, We saw God move in oh people's lives. And yeah. we'll always remember it. That yeah. what, like, we've done many retreats, but that weekend was just 
what we saw God do was so big and glorious and above, we could ask or think, and above what we brought. We know the Spirit of God moved in a radical way that we can. And I was like, I just want to build, I just want to build a, a whatever, the temple, the tower, the, and we're going to stay there forever. And we're just going to do that on repeat forever. Mm. We can't. No. We actually can't. Like that was God's Spirit moving for that moment in time in response to their hunger, our preparation. He has more of that for us. Yeah. So I'm reminded of my own words. I love when I get kicked in the butt by my own words. When our church had a 75th anniversary mm. a few years ago, I did a little message on God has called us to be on mission, not build a monument. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So we're there with Peter, like, I just want to build a monument in this uh-huh. awesome space. Right now, that's so good. Let's and just, Jesus this says, is the pinnacle. <laughs> and Jesus says, let us go. Yeah. And we have to we have to move. Mm-hmm. Like we have to stay on track and on mission, and know that the goodness we experience there is a testament a testament of what he does and who he is. Yeah, and I think right that second part of that verse, or the not the second part of the verse because it was longer, but the after the grave tending is like the right expectantly, like there's an anticipation, right? So it's not like this begrudging, like okay, well, I guess we're on mission. We yeah. gotta move forward. Slog, slog, no, right? It's but just like a joyful child, expectation, right? joyful expectation, child, like what's next, Papa? Like an excited, yeah. like yeah. this is an adventure, which I think is is again a. Another aspect of it is, man, if you're like feeling like, okay, I get that I can't stay here, but going, moving forward in like obligation and duty and dread. Well, that part of our brains that wants to know stuff. Yeah. Just break agreement with that right now because there's anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, it's not an either or thing with the grief. It's like, man, I'm, I love that. And I miss Mary and I remember the, and I will be sad if we never do that again. Yeah. And the same God who did all those things has more for us. And it's even like the rest of the verse goes on to say, God's spirit touches our spirits and Mm -hmm. reminds us who he, who he is and who we are, father and children. Yeah. And I know not everybody has a good picture of that, but we're invited to learn. And he's a good father. And we are his beloved children. It's not like he was so good last year, but now he's going to ditch us. Yeah. Or 10 years ago, and now he's going to ditch us. And then the rest of the verse, (laughs) this is the best part, right? It says, we know we're going to get everything that was coming to us. We know if we go through the sufferings of Christ, we will also receive whatever it is. Like the the good times of Jesus. The good times. Right? So it's like, oh, the suffering, yeah. Can we fast forward that part? No, actually. Mm-hmm. Process that he's at work in. But then there's also this glorious inheritance that comes. And I love that. And it does take me back to that passage in Isaiah where it says, He gives beauty for ashes, the mm-hmm. oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So whether it's like the good times we want to hang on to or even the losses that are just flat out, plain old, no happy spin on it, it's a loss. We don't want to stay there and tend that loss mm. of what was life before COVID, people that have moved away, you name the loss, the things the way it was with our kids, whatever. We don't want to be grave tending there. Having processed it when we have a handful of ashes, give it to Jesus. He wants to give you beauty for ashes. If you don't have that beauty yet, you can't see where it was, it's okay. Today, now you can say, God, I give you this ashes, these losses. I give them to you. And I, Put my faith in you. There's something in us sometimes that wants to cling to that miserable victim feeling too. Mm, Yeah. And we can break agreement with the lie that we're a victim. 
And that we only, here's another one I've observed, that we only get compassion and attention from other people when we're in a place of loss. Mm. Break agreement with that identity completely and chuck it now because you want the beauty that God has for you. And so for all of our friends who are also in different ways, because we always are in our human experience, having this opportunity to like tend the grave, we just bless you to stand up, to look up and say, what's next, Papa? Because he wants to lead you further up and further in. 